This episode is sponsored by our friends at Fujifilm North America. Their X-Series digital cameras and lenses may just give you that creative edge you're looking for in your portraits and events. You'll find everything from 40 megapixel image quality to 40 frames per second bursts, plus unique in-camera film simulation modes and effortless usability. Click the link in the episode description to find the full range. There has never been a better time to invest in your passion, so make sure to click the link. Hey there, it's Nikki Klosser, and I want to let you know about an awesome free giveaway for people on our email list. If you haven't already, click the link in our podcast description or go to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up to get on the list. If you sign up, you'll get a free posing 101 PDF to jumpstart things. It's an epic PDF, so you'll definitely want to get this. Also, just by being in our email community, you'll get deals, sales, and information about any of our upcoming events and activities. So head over to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up and sign up today. This is the Portrait System Podcast, a show that helps portrait photographers and people hoping to become one navigate the world of photography, business, money, and so much more. We totally keep it real. We share stories about the incredible ups and the very difficult downs when running a photography business. I'm your host, Nikki Klosser, and the point of this podcast is for you to learn actionable steps that you can take to grow your own business and also to feel inspired and empowered by the stories you hear. Hey everyone, this week's Clubhouse episode with your hosts, Kevin and Ashley, is Neon Howe. Neon is back on the podcast. He is just such an amazing guy. He talks all about self-portraits and how self-portraits are a great way to practice your light, to get amazing portraits that you can post of yourself because people want to see you in your marketing. People want to see you on your social media. They want to see who they're going to be booking a photo shoot with. So Neon gives lots of insight into his self-portraits, into his business. And of course, Kevin and Ashley are always amazing energy. So let's get started. Welcome, everyone, to the Portrait System Podcast Clubhouse Edition. My name is Kevin Condit, and I'm here with my co-host, Ashley Taylor. If you're not familiar with the Portrait System, we are a portrait photography podcast that is powered by Sue Bryce Education. Nikki Klosser hosts our Monday episodes, and Ashley and I co-host our Clubhouse Edition, which is live here on the Clubhouse app every Friday at noon Pacific. And then our episodes are released on Thursdays. You can tune in on your favorite podcast app by searching for The Portrait System. Ashley, how are you doing today? I'm doing great today, Kevin, and I'm so excited to welcome our guest, Neon Howe. He's based in Modesto. Is that correct, Neon? Yes, Modesto, California. Yeah, another Californian. Um, And he's such an amazing photographer, so I'm really excited to chat with him today. So welcome, Neon. Thank you guys for having me. Uh, We have seen an uptick in self-portraits being taken, and they're all the rage right now. In the 90-day challenge, we've had people take them to get more comfortable in front of the camera. On Instagram, we have photographers issuing challenges to other photographers to help promote each other. Um, Kat Ford Coates, I see in the in the room, she's doing that for us. We even have a self-portrait category in the Portrait Masters Awards where we have artists creating fantastic self-portraits of themselves. With a rise in popularity, we want to go ahead and talk to you uh, about all the work you've done with self-portraits, having created your 40, Wild 40 project. Um, where you photographed 40 images of yourself during the age of 40, which have all been fantastic. Oh, yeah, thanks. It's, uh, that was definitely a challenge as well. But yeah, self-portraits can be tough for some people because you're in front of the camera, right? Exactly. 
So let's start off with the technical side of the self-portraits and your process, because I believe that is a huge part that trips people up when they're just starting off. So walk us, walk us a little bit through your process. You're setting it up. You're setting your camera, tripod, I assume. Or are you shooting tethered? Um, I have all the options available. I think basically if you wanted to start out with self-portraits, the key things are the tripod, a trigger of some sort, whether that's um, connected to the camera or wireless. Uh, and then a lot of patience. Uh, a mirror helps if you are capable of, of setting something up there or since I shoot with the R5, the Canon R5, I just uh, rotate out the viewing screen so that I can just get a, a better idea of kind of posing. Um, for my particular use, I have, again, the Canon R5, so I will tether um, using the camera, Canon Camera Connect app and uh, utilize either my iPad or my iPhone. iPad offers a bigger viewing space, so that can um, also help to visualize and pre-see what you're shooting. Um, And yeah, that's basically it. It's kind of thinking of the concept and and then setting up your tripod, put put the camera connecting to your device of choice and start clicking away. So this Canon app that you're talking about, is that something that's going wirelessly or you actually have like a cord tethered to, like you said, an iPad or something? So the awesome thing about the camera, con- uh, the Canon Camera Connect app is it connects wirelessly with your iPad or your, your mobile device, so long as you have the app on that mobile device. Uh, as far as I know, I use an iPhone, so uh, oh. there is that. So it's kind of like shooting tethered, but without an actual like tether cord. Is exactly. that exactly? It's, okay. it's a wireless tether, basically. It's oh wow! Would be the terminology, I guess. And yeah, so it's great. I think that is the most seamless. I've tried utilizing tethering with uh, the camera to capture one to Lightroom. Uh, there's just that a little bit of a. A little bit of a lag time, but either way, I mean, you're not you're not in a rush for anything. But uh, to capture then, images, so. are you using your iPhone as well or the iPad to like actually like click the trigger? Or is that's like another like a self timer or another? Oh yeah, process? so I'll I you I basically do the all the set of, setting up and seeing uh, making sure everything's sort of in the right position, the right lighting. Um, and in that regards, I'm just utilizing the uh, the phone or the iPad as the trigger. And then when it comes time to, to do the shots, I'll typically change it to a two-second or ten-second timer, depending on how much time I need. And getting in position, the device, the, the phone or the iPad is, is always the trigger. So trigger that, and then you're basically waiting for the timer. And yeah, once it goes off, you get into your pose and 
So that doesn't, yeah, that doesn't seem as like complicated as I imagine it into my mind. Like I'm not really a self-portrait person, but where you got me was when you said it takes a lot of patience because I am notoriously a very impatient person. (laughs) (laughs) And so what's kind of intimidated me about self-portraits is the idea of like the back and forth and the like getting it right and just like that kind of lag time it's different obviously than when you're photographing a client and you can just see what's happening and like fix the problem before you actually click the trigger it seems like you know there's more like adjusting in self-portrait so how did you like are you just a naturally patient person or how did you get over the patience aspect uh i think the patience component is just like you're you're working yourself through these different poses and you you don't like if you're shooting a client or somebody else there there's quicker feedback in in how you progress towards the image that you want and Mm -hmm. with the self-portrait i mean you're the only one that's available to review the image that's being captured so the it's just the process of slowly working and posing yourself into whatever you're trying to do like for example there's an image of me doing a jump in the air I must have shot like 60 frames and <laughs> uh, was jumping for, you know, the better part of maybe 10 minutes or so. And um, funny thing was like the day after I was going, why, why am I so sore? I don't remember <laughs> exercising that hard or anything, but I was just jumping uh, on this one leg uh, the whole time. And, and then I realized, oh yeah, I did that shot. Uh, but yeah, the patience is really just working the shot. Um, otherwise, it's as quick, you know, as as clicking the shutter with a client in front of you or mm-hmm. person in front of you. Um, it's just that review and process, and go like, we're we're our own worst critique. So we go like, ah, I can do this a little bit better. And at some point, you give up and you go, oh, that's good enough. Have, having done my own self portrait, I, I believe that is the most frustrating part is actually getting the focus because there you are and you you know you're trying to set the camera to take the image and you kind of have an idea of where it's going to be and you, you're just popping shot after shot after shot and uh <laughs> you don't yes. get anything it's like <laughs> yes know, i'm setting like stuffed animals up to try to get something going you're like okay i think that's generally where i'm going to be at so but any you know if you're shooting you, you yes, need to get good, you want that's that, a good that thing. sharp so with, with regards to that, yeah, having something as a prop to put in position uh, to where you're about to uh, place yourself, that's uh, pretty good if you don't have a camera that has eye detection, right? So I'm very fortunate with the, the Canon R, R5 that I can just basically press the, um, the focus button on the, the remote and that gets focused and then I can just start shooting the utilizing an an older camera you would have to you know set up the focus get something in range shoot probably in the aperture of five six to eight just to ensure you have that enough depth and um yeah basically get that focus and then switch it off of uh whatchamacallit autofocus and uh, start shooting from there. Yeah, that's kind of what I've, I have the Nikon D750, which is a fantastic camera, uh, and it supposedly has face detection in it, but I've set that up, and as I'm moving around, uh, I, don't, I don't seem to be able to do it. 
properly. Uh, I had that issue with the before this. I had the the Mark IV, and it, it was a decent camera in terms of face detection, um, but you'd still have some issues. So uh, you play around with it, but I mean, there's always the option of just setting focus, put it put the, the lens on manual so it doesn't trip up when you start to shoot and um, just kind of stay within that bubble of focus space, you know? Gotcha. So you're running out of a home studio. While doing this project, were you finding any limiting factors that were were keeping you from able to accomplish any of the visions that you had in your head? Um, not really. I mean, it, any limiting stuff is kind of just in my head, just self-imposed. Mm. For example, we have lower ceilings. So, I mean, I can get probably about seven feet of, of light lift. And from that, it's just a matter of figuring out, okay, well, I can only utilize this size of a modifier if I want to go up higher. And because of that, you, you problem solve. I think that's the, the fun thing about photography is you can problem solve and generally get close uh reproduction of something if you think about it yeah (laughs) i really love that you mentioned that because i think that sometimes um people will use like an excuse like i don't you know and it might not be their studio it could be anything they don't have the certain camera they don't have the studio wardrobe they don't have whatever it is but they'll just use that as like why they can't get off the ground or have success and like I think problem solving is the key to running a business as well as making it work as a photographer and just taking whatever you have, the tools that you have to work with and creating as much beauty as you can with it. And that's what you do so beautifully. And that's what I'm like such a fan of. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely a a journey of confidence, right? Because you and and self portraiture is kind of tough because or in my head, my thinking is like, oh, well, I'd, I'd love to shoot consistently, you know, clients every single day or something like that. And, but that's also a lot of work. And, um, you know, the self-portraiture just allows you to, to step back and kind of play with some ideas that might uh, just require you to sit down and play and, and goof around and not have the pressure of somebody um, a paying client producing something for a client. When you talk about ideas, like how do you generate the ideas for your self portraits? Cause they really have like a very clear story in all of them. And when I think about like the art of self portraits throughout all of art history, they usually are very storytelling, you know, images, whether they're paintings or, um, photographs, it's not like just a glamour portrait, right? I mean, if I was to take my self-portrait, I feel like it would just be like a, a glamour portrait because that's, <laughs> that's what sounds fun to me. But I feel like the true self-portraits that are like really pieces of art are really like storytelling images. Definitely with the, the 40 Days of 40, I, I sat down and kind of documented like what I wanted to communicate. So there's, of course, that storytelling component. And then it was just a matter of kind of, um, you know, you, you come up with an idea, you come up with a concept, and then 
you test your capabilities as to how you can produce it. Some of the stuff was was like, oh, I mean, I'm not I'm not Richard Wood, and I'm not going to produce something of that caliber within a day because I wanted to shoot and have something produced daily and not stress myself. Because that's the key thing. It's like I find if you if you put too much pressure on yourself to produce something, then at some point there the project buckles and once that happens then there's no um it's a lot harder to get yourself back onto the on the bike so to speak and um continue so so did you conceptualize before you even started did you conceptualize all 40 images that you want to create with the thought of i'm doing one daily this can't be uh over the top or, or something that's going to be too time yeah. intensive. Yeah. I, I definitely knew like the capacity. I mean, running the household, running the business, it's, you, you only have so much time to, to produce something. So, uh, generally each image has a budget of an hour <laughs> to, to produce something so and is that our like shoot time or is it shoot and edit time i i spent basically an hour between shoot and edit oh wow so yeah you get that for an hour (laughs) (laughs) so if that's the case how many images are like obviously if you're you're doing it within an hour you're setting up how many images are you finishing with because i know when i've sat down and you know oh i'm gonna do a self-portrait i just got a Mm -hmm. brand new shirt uh, you know, I want to look good in it. I got a haircut. I'm going to sit down and do these self portraits. And when I'm done, it's like I have 120 images. You know, <laughs> whether it's you know the thing isn't focus, the camera isn't focusing right, the lighting isn't what I want it to be, or I'm just happy with the images and I'm just popping off. Within mm-hmm. that time frame, within that hour time frame, what do you? How many images are you producing? Um. It really depends on the the setup, right? Something as simple as just a, a head headshot type shot, you know. Uh, you, I could just produce maybe twenty images, and then it's pretty simple to call down to one to be like, okay, this is what I'm going to produce for today. Um, and I think that's also just um, a process of continually practicing culling you know when when you're doing client shoots and stuff like that the even if you have a hundred images um i feel like i could cull that down in about two minutes to to the exact one that i want to edit um the the post-processing side can take a little longer and i guess yeah no most of the stuff that i did was pretty straightforward so yeah it's all in an hour. <laughs> I love I love the efficiency, Neon. I want to go ahead and reintroduce you for any listeners just joining us. Our guest today is Neon Howe, and we are talking about his journey with self-portraits. Um, one thing you said that was really interesting to me is how you have to be very structured because if you like fall off with the project it goes off the rails like it's kind of like a domino effect everything else seems to like buckle and fall under pressure 
what advice do you have to give to people who kind of go through that cycle of success, things are going well, and then whether it's self-portraits, whether it's something else in their business, they drop one thing and then it feels like all the balls or plates or whatever in this metaphor in the air just crash. Like how do people, what advice do you have for people to pick up and keep moving forward? I think we have to realize that every day is a a day to like restart and it can be tough. um, But we just have to realize it's like one step at a time. And if there's, if there's something that we really want to progress towards, it's, we just take whatever necessary steps forward and however small, however big, uh, whatever you can manage. Right. Um, and that's been kind of my thought process. It's definitely something you have to build the, the muscle memory from because there we've all tripped up at some point throughout our lives and um yeah we just kind of have to give yourself grace and go like okay um i missed it let's start over again or not completely over but you know yeah yeah i love that about not being so hard on yourself because i think sometimes we are the hardest on ourselves when like with your project for example it's like you made the commitment to yourself for 40 portraits in 40 days. And the truth is that I'm sure if you, you know, skipped a day or something, no one in your audience would call you out for it or be mad at you. But it's that like self-imposed pressure. That's the hardest thing to deal with. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's definitely where we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to do whatever we think we're, we're wanting to achieve. And just have to realize that, I mean, we're on our own timelines and we can push as hard as we want. Um, but we can't stress out for not like magically arriving someplace (laughs) that we're (laughs) expecting, I guess. So the intention was to take the 40 images in the 40 days, uh, continuously. Was there ever a moment where you did kind of quote unquote, drop the ball and miss a day and, you know, have to do it and the following day or where you just went a week without it and just weren't able to do anything about it this was the first time i didn't drop the ball i've done a couple 365 day projects and i've missed a couple days in a couple weeks um and then like kind of reset uh, but this one i'm like hands up in the air celebrating I <laughs> yeah, kudos I to you. Yeah, congrats. <laughs> In my mind, I thought you were gonna say like, "Oh, you know, there was a few days there, or a stretch of time, or you know, you know." Yeah, I mean, it happens. Life, as you said, life happens. But kudos Definitely. to be able to knock out all forty, yeah, yeah. continuously. Yeah, that was, that was the work. So, <laughs> but, yeah. What do you feel like the? confident like what kind of confidence do you feel like self-portraits bring especially like this project was it kind of a self-love journey was it a different way to see yourself or was it confidence as you like as your photography skills grew what what would you say is like the confidence boosting aspect of doing self-portraits it's interesting um the 
Or if it doesn't boost your confidence, you can let me know. I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, the project, this particular project in mind was to kind of share this, the sense of, I mean, the pandemic hit, I didn't feel like I got to celebrate 40 the way that I wanted to, but mm-hmm. that's cool. It's, you move on, right? And mm-hmm. um, this kind of concept was to kind of share the the experience of hitting the age of 40, what I've, I've learned and grown into and sharing kind of that experience, I guess, with my audience and um, trying to connect in a way so that it's not just, oh, this is neon owl portraits. It's a person who takes photos. It's, he's a person. Um, mm-hmm. And so sharing knowledge in par- um, and then practicing different photography techniques uh, was part of the, the idea of it. Um, stretching yourself a little bit. I think that's, that's where self-portraiture is for me is, is to kind of expand my horizons a little bit within the photography realm. Um, and I think as you practice, you become confident in whatever you're, you're trying to get better at. Right. And yeah. Again, like I said, it, this self-portraiture is like probably one of the more safe spaces, right? If, as long as you develop the confidence to get in front of the camera, um, you can, test out weird poses you can try different lighting you can do pretty much anything you can think of photographically and and then practice it and um so that's the the cool thing about that and building the confidence i guess what skill sets did you end up walking away with gaining while doing this project and was there anything that you're like you know what i really want to learn how to do this, whether it be lighting, whether it be a form and retouching that you knew you'd want to learn from. Um, what did you pull from this project when it comes to that? One of the things that has been um, like in grabbing my interest or my attention has been uh, developing sets for your photography so that it's not just, you know, a plain backdrop and a subject. Um, I wanted to create more depth, uh, and I played a little bit with it in a couple of shots and, um, then just was like, okay, how can I, how can I learn more? And I've just kind of been, um, who was it? I think Irina Jomir and, um, David Shukri, they, they have like these amazing looking, setups that are super simple um as photographers and um yeah i've just kind of gone on this this journey of figuring out how to just add depth and texture into my my portraits um and that's kind of been the fun journey i guess that's the (laughs) with the sets you mentioned on the podcast with nikki that part of the reason you like moved into the garage of your house was so that you could leave a set up for a period of time. So I'm wondering like with your clients, is it kind of not seasonal in like a kitschy, like it's Christmas. So we have Christmas trees away, but is it like seasonal where it's like, this is the set I have right now. Book me right now. You're going to get this one. But I'm, if I change my mood, I might, you know, set something else up or are you constantly like 
whatever a client shows you from your portfolio that they like, you're just putting that set up for the day for that unique client. And then how hard is that to do? Because I know a garage must be fairly small. I have a small studio and um, if I have to rearrange stuff too much, I just start going in like <laughs> nuts. I've set up my studio so that like I have all these setups that I know how to use, but uh, and I can pull them out easily. But if it's something like kind of out of the box, it, I I would never like want to do it more than once probably. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, again, not an expert yet. Uh, the thinking is just to have a couple key kind of elements. Um, like my thought process is we have a bunch of tubes of canvas uh, rolls or even boxes of um paper uh, backdrop rolls right and just Mm -hmm. as as simply as putting those up on the wall and draping a a, um can't even a drape like (laughs) a muslin oh yeah yeah yeah. okay got it uh just along the side or something and adding a plant you know those those elements help change your your imagery from just the static background and subject to you know some other visual interests that could potentially help tell a story. Got it, got it. So you're not talking about like an extravagant set, but more just a few easy to move pieces, but that add a lot. At some point, it'd be like when we were at the, I went to the Portrait Master shootout. Mm -hmm. The Fuji Bay had um, an individual who designed a very, like three different setups. And I was just reviewing them and, and it's a little bit more of a process, but like, there was one setup that said that there was like a, a faux fireplace with a mantle and stuff, something like that, you know? So yeah, that was something cool. to that, to that level could be um, interesting and fun. Uh, and that's kind of potentially where I would want to go. And it could potentially be unique for each, each client. Uh, yeah. I've also seen, maybe it's Felicia Reed and there was something similar at the portrait master shootout was like the steps and that can be so cool because especially like in a, a studio environment where we have different needs for posing and steps are such like a helpful thing to pose on, it just adds like so much dimension. And if I had more room in my studio, I would totally want to like have a little steps set. I think that's really fun. Yeah, that was a pretty cool setup. I, I loved it. So um, now is the point where we love to open it up to audience questions. So if you have a question, raise your hand and we can bring you up on stage. And I think we might have a question. So while I think it's pronounced Abby Sheck is coming up onto stage, um, Kevin, I'm going to toss it to you. No problem. Um, so Neon, I just saw you at the uh, Portrait Master shootout, um, which was, you know, you took my portrait there and, it was, you know, thank you very much. It was fantastic. Uh, previously, you had said at your for- first portrait masters event that you were you came out you were intimidated a bit by just the amount of skill that was at the event and this portrait master shootout being uh my first event i understand what you're talking about like oh my god this person the people around me they're just so good you know with you attending this other event has your confidence since the beginning of your journey to where you're at now how has it changed and how did you feel walking into the event there uh the confidence 
the the practicing from shooting and and all the business work definitely i mean it was it was fun i guess the there wasn't the stress uh like the first time uh stepping into a shooting bay going like oh well how do i pose this person in uh, which way do I point them towards the light type thing and this time around being more versed and familiar with shooting uh, it was more just having fun and capturing the images that you wanted to capture um, uh, that's also the other key thing is you in the beginning the th- thought point is like there's a whole bunch of images that I want to capture and there's not much direction whereas coming to the recent shootout I knew like I needed uh, the certain demographics of of images um, people sorry not images and um, the also wanted to work on say like standing poses or sitting down poses and just focusing on capturing those types of images Um, and yeah and that's the the confidence uh, that comes from it, I guess. Yeah, I love that you went into that event with a game plan because I think that is um, so key. Although, you know, it can be hard on your first time, of course, to do that. But I think that's like a really smart and strategic way to make the most out of like a shootout portfolio build type event like that. So, Neon, back to the Portrait Masters conference. Um, I know one of the things that I love about, like, not sorry, not the conference, the shootout. One of the things that I love about this shootout is just seeing, because I run a booth, the different images and perspectives that people come with to, you know, my booth. Because I see my booth, my model, and yet everyone is seeing that model in a different way and trying to tell their perspective and their style. So if you were to define your style that you've gotten more confident in and that you were trying to like come across in portfolio building, how would you describe that? Mm, That's a good question. Um, When I think of my style, I, I tend to lean towards a more natural um, kind of editing. And, um, but I'm also a little more moody dark mm-hmm. and moody um which is interesting yeah definitely seeing the collection of images captured from the different photographers is um it's fun to see just how how we can all be in the same space and capture a, a complete different variety of images um all together but, but yeah my sense of my my photography is a little bit more dark and moody. Uh, I tend to be with the darker backdrops and backgrounds. Um, but I do like kind of adding the, the painterly look to it. Mm-hmm. Yes. So does that mean that when you like look around at the different sets at the shootout, you're choosing ones that like more already fit your style? When thinking back on, on the shootout, um, not particularly in terms of like the not like lighting setups. or setup. Yeah, yeah, it was no, more none of the, model. None of the setups really just kind of like go. Oh, I need to shoot this because I know it's gonna um, fit. So everything that was there uh, fit my a 
ability to edit to what I wanted, I guess. Oh. Which was interesting to think. Yeah, that's really yeah. cool. Um, well, yeah. I was just going to say, we have Cat Ford Coates on stage, so I want to let her unmute herself and contribute to the conversation. Welcome, Cat. Hi, guys. How are you? Can you hear me? Yeah, Ooh, we can hear you. Happy hey, Friday. Hey. Happy Friday. <laughs> So, Nia, I'm curious. Ooh, I love it when I'm curious. <laughs> um, when you are planning out self-portraits, are you planning based on an emotional story? Or are you trying out new methods or techniques, all of the above? Uh, how do you go about organizing that? Uh, a lot of what I do for self-portraiture definitely has... Uh, an element of being able to try something new um, retouching wise or editing wise um, just to push the skills to potentially like composite is compositing is something that interests me in trying to create more fantastical images Um, so that is something that is definitely in the back of my head and there is definitely a an emotional component to it just trying to figure out okay well what what am i trying to convey here and can i can i express that um well enough in the imagery so very cool it's definitely yeah uh, you know we we have kind of our our set i guess perception of who we are and and sometimes it can be tough for self-portraiture to be like, okay, cool. I want to cry in front of in front of the camera. How am I gonna <laughs> do this? Will I just get you know a glass of water and just dip some uh, drops in my eyes, and will that be uh, enough. enough of storytelling? You could chop an onion. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely chop an onion. <laughs> or watch the, all the YouTube videos on how to create tears. I did that. Yeah. It was just abysmal. Really? Uh, yeah. I, I didn't even recommend realize. the uh, onion. <laughs> <laughs> now I have to YouTube, uh, you know, getting yourself to cry. <laughs> well, um, that is actually interesting to me because I spent most of my life prior to being a photographer in like performing arts and filmmaking and um do you feel like it's made you want to know more about like perform performance techniques so that you can like harness those emotions to convey them in your photos or are you not really interested in exploring anything like that that hasn't actually really entered my mind, but it, I mean, as we're talking about it, like the key things um, I, I'm thinking right now are are movement. So things utilizing movement, um, like dancing or um, pretending to dance, I guess. Uh, well, I know you're a good dancer because you're my favorite <laughs> dance partner at the Portrait Masters <laughs> shootout and conferences. <laughs> But yeah, like, <laughs> would you ever yeah, like, component. would you ever take like a dance class to just maybe like learn I've how it. you yeah, should like, I've, yeah, the, it's always been in the back of my head and you know, we're, we're here to grow and expand our experiences. So at yeah. some point I probably will 
I should. And you just you do some dancing. <laughs> you know, it's funny actually, and you know, is because I've seen so many interesting self portraits, whether it's been Cat or uh, Johnny Edward and or other people that I've seen online, I want to get a little bit more of the dynamic my own self portrait because usually it's like put the uh, you know put the elbow on the apple box and kind of pose underneath your chin. You know, mm-hmm. but there's so much good art out there where people are like dancing or moving. Uh, Terry Hofford, you have yeah, beautiful her where work. Where it's just like wow, their their work is just so fantastic and it involves involves the movement and everything. Where I actually signed up for a, a dancing class because I was like, you know what, I need to learn how to how to move, and I need to if I if and when I finally hit the the trigger. You know, I wanted to make it look good, you know, but uh, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, that that hasn't gone through just yet. But yeah, that's definitely something where I feel like taking something from the outside world to then bring into your photography or learn specifically for your photography is something that you know is really um, gets my attention to want to invigorates an energy within me to want mm-hmm. to do that to then create the fantastic different portraitures that I'm seeing out there you know especially including movement movement being one of the uh, uh, categories categories portrait masters uh, awards mm-hmm. then it's like you know what these people are moving and flowing in fabric and this is awesome so yeah I can definitely is, see is how fun. that can be influenced um, my own self portraits and I think to to me, like the still captures that we have, that again, we have this one shot to relay this whole story that we're trying to tell. And, and the more that we can layer on components that tie in and better help us to tell that story um, is, is the challenge and the fun of self-portraiture because you're the only one there <laughs> and adding movement and then timing it to a shot like I said I I did those jumping shots and I shot 60 frames and yeah. I probably jumped way more than 60 but <laughs> <laughs> I've got one really solid right calf now so <laughs> yeah you're supposed to alternate get, get an even workout <laughs> that's funny yeah I I really love that like idea and conversation because I think um, the more inform- inspiration, sorry, the more inspiration that any photographer can get from the world of arts beyond photography, just it always helps so much. Like I know when I go to the live theater or when I go to an art museum to look at like sculpture or paintings, it's always something that will come back to my photography and make it so much better. And I think we have this tendency to want to look at what other photographers are doing instead of actually looking out toward just different areas of art and seeing how that can influence us so that we're not just copying other photographers all the time, but we're getting refreshed and inspired. Definitely. There's, um, it's interesting. My, my thought point is there's an element of, yeah, you're drawing inspiration. Sometimes it can feel like you're stealing, but you're you have to if you want to be able to produce something along that lines, you have to practice and it's uh 
you have to put in that time somewhere, right? Uh, like the other day, I saw some cool imagery of this person just did a, a, a catalog of photos where they matched the outfits to the background and then incorporated makeup or just face painting. And mm-hmm. um, it was just, it's really cool. It was not like any anything fantastical, but like they just had abstract um, face paintings as, as something as simple as like dressing up a person uh, in all white with a like a white hood and then sh- striping white face paint over the, the eyes and, and then this individual is um, kind of like darker skin tone so then that white really pops out mm-hmm. and there that sounds cool yeah. I was like whoa cool um, let's go find some pa- face paint and play around with this yeah <laughs> Yeah, I do think that's a good point, too, is, like, sometimes we do need to, like, explore a similar idea to learn. Like, you can't really learn something if, in a way, you don't copy to some extent. Like, obviously not plagiarize or carbon copy. You always want to put your own spin on it. But if you don't, like, take – if you don't take the idea and then try to replicate it in some way, like, how are you going to actually learn how to do it? Yeah. Um, I was wondering, what have you learned about yourself through this project that you created? Um, I'm still not as confident as I think I am. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes. Because, like, yeah, there's, um, there was one element where I shot, I, I got nude and took a shot. uh, And you're like, oh my goodness, I'm going to put this out into the public and how crazy are you to do that <laughs> I mean it's not black and white image that you have of yourself yeah the kind of fetal position yeah um, the fact that we're born was like yay you've the theme of you should ce- celebrate the fact that you're born kind of thing so mm-hmm. um, that was the concept and so I was like okay well I think I have to get semi-nude or something around and it's like you commit to it and um, but yeah, that was a, that felt like a, a jumping off the cliff moment as I'm, I'm doing the, sh- the shots and kind of like, okay, I want this to be artistic and I'm not like trying to show off anything. <laughs> <laughs> not, not a vulgar image. No, honestly, that yeah. it's, it's a beautiful image. Yeah, I it really is. I think that if you were to have like, you know, if you were to put on boxes or something, underwear, it, it wouldn't yeah. have the same effect. I think that is a fantastic image. So, you know. Yeah, uh, you should give yourself, you know, praise for that one. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's again always pushing yourself and and trying something new, and yeah, learning more about yourself through that is the the fun process. So, taking your own self portrait, obviously, when you have a client and uh, you know you show them the the retouched images they're 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 finished they're without flaws what is your reaction then to yourself seeing the the unfinished product in front of you and how does that affect your confidence at all when you're like oh you know it's not finished obviously so how is that affecting your confidence when you see that hmm yeah that's kind of interesting because yeah the we we have our own body image and what we think we we should look like um and 
in the beginning, there used to be a lot of critique. Um, and now there's, it feels cliche, but there's a lot more self-love um, and acceptance of who you you are as a person. And I don't know if that's because of this self-portraiture. Um, but yeah, I mean, we have to see ourselves uh, all the time. And, and then having that little snapshot can be like, uh, I don't know if I like that. But then again, if you don't, you can take another shot <laughs> and, and try again. So we have a question from uh, Melissa. So if you want to go ahead and meet yourself and ask a question. Yeah, thank you. Um, I was wondering, do you have any other projects? I may have missed it. Um, if you had already mentioned it, do you have any other projects coming up or in the works already? And what what will you take from the project, that self-portrait project, um, and apply it to, to whatever is next, either like literally or emotionally or figuratively? Uh, well, I'm looking to actually uh, spin up the 40 over 40, so capturing 40 images of women over the age of 40. And I think the, the sense of it is, is we, we know how uncomfortable it can feel in front of the camera. And I have been, uh, you know, through the, through the range of, um, I guess, experience that I afforded myself through my own 40 day project. Uh, and, um, I feel like that can help connect uh, with the clients and uh, also just all of the, the the range of imagery can be something that is um, presented to clients to allow them to see that you know it might not have to be all glam photos um, it could just be uh, something as simple as just being completely raw um, in, the, in the sense of no no hair no makeup and um, truly just being yourself kind of thing. Is that what, like, how would you explain that to your, your clients in this 40 over 40 project? Um, I've been explaining it as it can be as simple as you want in terms of portraiture, uh, all the way up to, you know, walking the runway, being glammed up. And that's been the selling point, I guess, or the education point. And then, when we come in for consultation is where we hammer in uh, a clear picture of what they're comfortable with and um, where they want to go in the direction of their photo shoots. Can I ask one more question? Yeah. How, so do you price that differently? Because a lot of times that may be more intensive or more work on your end, um, either during the shoot or preparing for it or even post. Do you, or do you just do it all the same? It just depends on the client and it will just balance out. My thinking is it'll all just balance out the, um, the creative process to me, um, while there is a value, I guess it feels easier. So, um, the, the sense of, of working out a client's, um, vision isn't something that, uh, I guess it isn't too stressful and I, it's fun and um, yeah the, 
the whole thing will balance out in my head and um, it's structured such a way that um, I think everybody is in a win-win situation. I, I agree, Neon. Like, I I just always feel like it balances out. Like, if something someone wants something, as long as it's not, like, you know, just beyond the realm of what I, like, yeah, we'll offer. And, and we'll fly a helicopter over the yeah. and um, I'm going to skydive. <laughs> yeah. Like, but yeah, like as long as it's not like, you know, as long as it's within the realm of my portfolio and stuff that I show, like I don't really charge extra. Like, for example, I do a compo- like the one composite shot that I ever offer is like kind of that mirror reflective floor Mm -hmm. and if someone is doing kind of a a sexier shoot or a more sensual shoot I do that for every single client unless for some reason they like didn't like it but that's kind of you know a bestseller and I don't charge extra for that image even though that image is way more work than like like all the other images but um I just feel like well I know it sells well and it all balances out and they're gonna buy it and they're probably gonna buy a wall enlargement of it so why wouldn't I just take like an extra 20 minutes and do this it could also get you top 10 in the portrait masters award huh (laughs) thank you (laughs) out there (laughs) y'all I mean, if you want to toot my own horn, I guess I'll like <laughs> um, Yeah, no, I think that that's the key thing that you, you hit upon. It's like, it, if it's within the realm of your portfolio, um, I, don't, I don't see it as too much of a, a stretch to, um, to price it out any differently um, than what you do. So, yeah tossing that in there. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we want to move on to a new section that Kevin and I are testing out, and it's a final four questions for every single guest. Um, so you're the first, actually, to receive <laughs> these four questions, so I hope you like oh, them. Yeah, but- <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. Um, but the first question is, what was the last thing that you did that you were really scared to do, but it ended up turning out completely awesome? Mm, last thing to scared to do. I mean, the again, it it was might take me back to that uh, naked shot. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, actually, you know what? The uh, it's silly, but yeah, doing the the portrait system podcast that was definitely like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be talking to a whole bunch of people. Um, and it, it's been great. I've been getting a lot of awareness and attention from that. And it's, it was kind of like, oh, I asked in some universal way to like bring back awareness. And uh, this basically fell on my lap. And I was like, wow, well, well, cool. Um, you asked for it. It's kind of funny how that works. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Um, I'll let uh, Kevin take question no two. Uh what do you do to get hyped before a photo shoot? Do you have any pre-shoot rituals that you do? Uh, so like I said in the Portrait System pa- podcast, uh, the, the one key thing is kind of like having a little five-minute meditation. And then the other key things are just... Um, I like to bounce oddly between classic rock and country music. 
<laughs> I, I was like, it, it blows my mind that I, I even say that I like country music sometimes. But um, yeah, no, it's been it's been interesting. I probably blame it on Modesto to be honest. But <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> uh, but yeah, music gets you in the mood. Um, did you, did you say top four things or just things? no just like what is the thing you do to get hyped? Uh, yeah. so it sounds like the so, meditation yeah. and the music yeah so meditation kind of centers everything um gets you ready and then you know mu- music uplifts you and uh gets you ready to shoot everybody enjoys music right so. okay well this next question you might have just answered but what is something that you look to for creative inspiration but isn't like photography related so something else that gets your creative energy flowing um not photography related so it could Um, be music which you just said (laughs) yeah music definitely plays a role um the i mean movies have always been uh movie posters movie yeah um just movies and just cinematography just watching Mm -hmm. that and, and just watching something uh like watching Dune recently and going, wow, the costume work. And Don't say anything. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, that's <laughs> it. I mean, the costume work, it's just awesome. Um, yeah. And, and just to be able to go like, oh, cool. If you could get somebody, you know, that detailed out and create a, a fun, fantastical shoot. Um, that'd be cool. I see that yeah. And you have a, a Matrix image of yourself that I think, you know, would have <laughs> inspiration come from it. So that's awesome. Yeah. All right, let's see. Last one is, what is one thing you wish you had known when you were starting your business? Mm, starting the business. Hmm, that's a good question. I don't even know. <laughs> the, um, I think the, the, probably one of the more important things and kind of quickly overlooked is just the insurance side of things. Make sure you have your, your stuff covered just for the safety of it. I think that is a really important one. I'll, actually I'll say that that is such an interesting answer. Um, especially we just saw, I just saw online of someone like had their, in, their studio broken into and had everything. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, Oh my God, but that is a such a good response. Yeah. That's not something. I mean, we we look for it for everything else and so just having that insurance and i know it's not something you know it's an extra cost right and you're trying to be as lean as possible when you're starting um but at the same time you have you know at least a you know 800 to a thousand dollar camera that still can set people back pretty bad (laughs) yeah that's the case you know um and then at some point you you know you've amassed at least a $10,000 $10,000 collection of things. Lens, <laughs> lens drives. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And, and, you know, definitely, even if you don't have insurance, make sure you've, you know, you've cataloged your gear um, and got the licenses. Or not the licenses, but the serial Certain numbers of everything. That's that really is, important. Yeah, that is I mean, a great It's so tip. easy to just buy things, um, but we forget to catalog it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's important. I mean, when you have insurance, you're cataloging everything you bring in. Um, so it's make sure you have everything documented that you own so that you can at least have uh, remember what you got to buy back. 
That is an excellent final piece of advice. I love it. <laughs> it's not the one that I was expecting, but definitely one that we needed. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Mr. Practical been, here. <laughs> <laughs> it has been a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Um, but before we want to, before we let you go, I want to go ahead and make sure that people have your socials so they know where to find you and they can go ahead and go and follow you. So you let exactly. us know that. You're like, my social? Wait, hold on. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah so uh, social media on Facebook and Instagram are both Neon How Portraits. Uh, neon, N-E-O-N, How, H-O-W-E, um, Portraits. Fantastic. Everyone, please, please, please be sure to go follow Neon. And also make sure to follow the portrait system on Instagram and on Facebook as well. Also, be sure to check out the blog post that is associated with the Clubhouse interviews at SueBriceEducation.com forward slash blog. You can go ahead and follow Ashley on Instagram at Ashley Taylor Portrait. That is A-S-H-L-E-I-G-H. And you can find me at Poplight underscore photography. If you are a member of Sue Bryce Education and you have any more questions for Neon, Ashley, or myself, go tag us in a post in the SBE Members Only Facebook group. And if you are not a member of Sue Bryce Education and you are interested in learning more about how we can help your business succeed, please email Ella with support uh, at support at SueBriceEducation.com. Thank you for joining us and we hope to see you next week. Thanks again for listening today. And don't forget, you can listen to either me or our special guests every Friday on Clubhouse at 11 a.m. Pacific. Thank you so much for listening to the Portrait System Podcast. Your five-star reviews really help us to continue what we do. So if you like listening, would you mind giving us a review wherever you listen? I also encourage you to head over to SueBriceEducation.com where you can find all of the education you need to be a successful photographer. There are over 1,000 on-demand educational videos on things like posing, lighting, styling, retouching, shooting, marketing, sales, business, and self-value. There's also the 90-Day Startup Challenge plus so many downloads showing hundreds of different poses. We have to-do checklists for your business, lighting PDFs. I mean, truly everything to help make you a better photographer and to make you more money. Once again, that's SueBriceEducation.com. It's time for me to tell you about this episode's sponsor, Fujifilm North America. If you haven't experienced portraits and wedding scenes created on the large format GFX system digital camera sensor, you are missing out. Along with up to 102 megapixel resolution, you'll find rich colors and gorgeous in-camera looks. There's also AI-driven subject detection and 8 frames per second bursts inside the compact GFX100 digital camera. Hit the link in this episode's description to view the products. It's time to dream big in your creative process.